Hello there, and welcome to Patriot Talk. I'm Caitlin Croppy. I am Margaret Baumgartner. How are you doing, Croppy? It's been rough the past couple days. How are you doing? Good. Um, if you're hearing any extra noises, uh, my dog Tanner is here with us today because uh, he's my baby boy. Uh, I am drained today. How are you? Um, I'm doing pretty good, actually. You know, schoolwork has been killing me this week. Oh, I know it. It just seems way more than the past weeks. I know. With Dragavon, just a lot of work. Bro. Yeah, no, level. I'm calling you out. It's been, <laughs> it's been a little rough lately. Why are the English teachers assigning so much work? I don't know. What did we do to you guys? We're just trying to vibe here in quarantine. You're just like, no. How about write an essay? Yay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did go to Oregon, though. Yeah, I saw that. How was it? Yeah, it was pretty good. You know, it just me and my brother drove down there to give my grandma some things because she lives down there majority of the time. Um, Went to Cannon Beach. Nice. So we gave her her checkbook and her passport she left up here, (laughs) you know. Because you don't bring your passport everywhere. But, like, we drove down there and gave that to her, spent some time with her. Especially because, like, me and my brother have been quarantined, so safe, right? Yeah. It's a nice walk on the beach because the beach is still open to people that are residents there. Nice. Um, so that was nice. There was, like, nobody on the beach. Never seen it that empty. So that was, it was nice. That's but, good. yeah, I really like the long drive. Yeah. That sounds great. I'm really jealous. I've been feeling very trapped and restless and anxious. Just, like, all those, like, bad negative feelings are really, like, laying into me lately. Uh, So to cope with that, I I think it was uh, Friday and Saturday, two days that I'm off, I uh, just baked a lot, which kind of really helped with my negative feelings so I made a all of this was using my sourdough starter because uh I have a lot right now and I'm trying to use it and not waste it but I made a beet sourdough which is really good it has a nice earthy taste of like beets and it's also red and it looks really cool it actually turned out in the shape of a heart which was cool yeah, I was funny. Um, I made, uh, like a dessert apple flatbread type deal. I made a focaccia, which is a northern Italian, like, salty, uh, flattish bread. It was super good. And then I made sourdough cinnamon rolls. Ooh. Yeah, so I did all of that in, like, two days. And I don't know why, but there's just something about baking... Or just cooking in general that's so good for relieving stress. I think part of it is the smell it creates. That's what soothes me. I like the smell of fresh bread. Yeah, it smells great. It's like my crack. Because <laughs> um, I, I know what that is. Right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I've been really wanting to bake lately. Which, you know me, I don't... Like, I mess up boiling tortellini. I mess up making a sandwich. That's how bad I am at cooking, okay? But I really want to bake some oatmeal cookies right now. Do it! But I don't have time. Yeah, I might have time. Maybe. 
maybe. But I do have a mock exam. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I know, right? AP Calc. I'm so <laughs> unprepared for the AP exams. Oh, same. I, I'm, like, accepting that I'm probably not going to pass all, all of them. Yeah. No, it's Especially like... AP Calc. I'm Sorry, really, Kennedy. I'm really scared about that, because the exams I'm taking, I'm taking AP Environmental Science and AP Psych, and it's like, those apply to my future, well, okay, maybe not environmental science, but definitely AP Psych. So it's like, I need to do well on them, but I'm really yeah. scared that I might not because I just don't feel prepared. Like, I just don't think I've been in the mental space to actually learn. Like, we've been reviewing, but it's like, I don't think I've actually soaked any of it up, so. No, yeah, yeah. I feel that, like, that's how I am with AP Science, right? Because that's what I plan to do in my mm-hmm. future, but... It's not looking too hot right now. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> How that goes. Hopefully everything will turn out for the best. But, yeah, knock on wood right there. Right? Yeah, um, but, like, it's going to be really stressful next week. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Speaking of next no. week, <laughs> unplanned transition. But what? instead of reviewing articles... Today, I am going to be recapping the Liberty News. Seeing as my position is news editor. Shocking. Weird, right? I know, it's crazy. So I'm going to give you guys the lowdown of what's happening. So we're currently recording on May 5th. So I'm going to give you the news of May 5th. And you can use that, whatever you will. Uh, So at Liberty High School, it is currently Staff Appreciation Week. And they're asking everyone to email their sixth period teacher an email of thank you or appreciation. The next thing is our senior advisor, like teacher person, which is Miss Cook, is asking all of the musically talented seniors to record themselves or record something for graduation which that could be really fun be really nice be exciting so she's asking you to reply so you should have gotten an email from her and there will be two performance spaces for open for audition the first is the national anthem and the second is a special performance so if you are interested in doing it reply to her email and then produce and perform a high-quality video of you and your group. And then submit it to her. Your submissions need to be in final edited form. And we will not have the chance to redo it before it is added to the ceremony. The due date is May 18th, 2020. In other news, like we said, advanced placement exams start May 11th. So... All teachers and everyone else should be ready for that. I'm not going to go through everything. If you are in the AP program, you should have received an email for that. And go look at that email. And if you have any other questions, contact Miss Armstrong. The next is a message from LHS Athletics. This is a calling to all athletic students to say that they miss seeing you and watching you train and compete. Uh, It is a crazy time, and they hope that you're all safe and sound. 
Each year, they honor seniors who have committed to play college sports at LHS Signing Day. Obviously, they cannot do this, so they are asking students to email Ms. Zielinski, the athletic director, the spelling of your first and last name, a picture of you wearing your college shirt, and the sport you will all be continuing. Next thing is the Liberty Virtual Spirit Month, which every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday during the month of May, there's going to be a new theme, and you can find that at the Instagram page, LHS Patriots, and by tagging the same Patriot page. So for this week, yesterday, the 4th, was Hidden Talent. Tomorrow is Self Timer Picture. And then Friday is going to be a bedhead picture. The ASB is going to be doing a video announcement, and you can find that on YouTube called LHS Announcements. And it currently has one subscriber, so you guys should go subscribe. <laughs> then there's also going to be a weekly newsletter from the Liberty Counselors. It can give you a lot of information to help with this really hard time and give you insights like a new perspective and finding ways to connect. And that's all I have for Liberty News. Uh, if you're a senior, you should be up to date that the current events are tomorrow, May 6th, 7th, and 8th. You can be picking up your cap and gown and all of your accoutrements for graduation. And your time and day is based on your last name, and there's an email with all that in it. You need to bring a ID card and yourself, or your parents. I guess your parents could go, as long as they have your ID. And then they're also going to be offering a time for you to take pictures of at Liberty. And that will be at the same time, but it will be next week. So 12th, 13th, and 14th, I believe. Since that's during AP testing, yes. there will also be an time to do it if you have an exam during that time. So don't worry yep. about that. There's, they're going to be very flexible and helpful with all of this. Um, But I think that's all for Liberty News. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff going on. Basically yeah. just stay safe. Yeah, stay safe, guys, and try not to uh, get yourself or anyone else sick. There's no need to endanger your guys' selves. For sure. Especially if we start to reopen up. Yeah, so the more that we stay safe, the sooner we can reopen. Yes, for sure, for sure. Um, moving on to other more local-ish news, I guess you could consider it. Um... So my current event for this week is on the Asian Giant Hornet. That's fun. That's funky. That's fresh. It's basically from Asia, hence mm -hmm. the name. Shocking. Um, yeah, I know, right? Things are named for a reason. Mm. Like, who thought that? But basically, um, these killer hornets have now been spotted in Washington State as well as Canada as, near, as early as November of last year mm -hmm. they're being nicknamed the murder hornets that's because great. they have been be deadly to some humans um and they are starting to emerge from their hibernation basically so they can be two inches long ew which is very yeah their stings can be fatal that's like um, bigger than my thumb 
I know, right? No, like there's photos of them. And, and those are the queen bees or can be up to two inches long. The bees themselves are like smaller, but they're still like gigantic. So like I have um, a tiny thumb, so. You do have a tiny thumb. <laughs> but um, basically, uh, so I'm going to talk about how they can affect humans and then uh, some other stuff as well. So basically, um, they have a venom that is six times more venomous than uh, the average honeybee. Um, their sting is powerful enough to go through any beekeeper safety gear that would f- like keep out honeybee stings and stuff like that. They can pierce through that. Um, and they can also sting multiple times. That's gross. If you see one, like... Leave it alone. Um, Yeah. So they can be deadly even if you aren't allergic to them as well. Because, like, with honeybees, they're really only dangerous if you are allergic to them. Unless you get stung, like, a million times. But Mm -hmm. these can actually be dangerous and deadly to those who aren't allergic to them. So be careful with that. And then also, these... Uh, hornets, they eat honeybees, which can prove to be very bad for our bee population that has already seen a decline in the recent years. And there was a farmer, uh, like a bee farmer, he found a heap of beheaded honeybees. Yikes. Um, it is now, it's not confirmed, but it is now thought that that was the work of these hornets, basically, which can prove to be very bad for our uh farmers so especially with our northwestern crops of like apples blueberries and cherries those are possibly going to be in jeopardy due to this because they are pollinated by honeybees that are now killed by these hornets by these invasive species uh ap environmental science uh, and biology you know invasive species so that can really prove bad for our economy on top of all the other stuff that's going on the first report of one of these beads or hornets in the U.S. was December of 2019 in Blaine, Washington. And there have been unconfirmed sightings uh, more recently that show that they are progressing south. So, yeah, that can be pretty bad. They're trying to eradicate them as fast as possible because basically they showed up in December and November, right? But then they went into their hibernation for the winter period. So they, there wasn't really anything scientists could do to eradicate them at that point. But now that they are coming out of that hibernation, we have to act and act fast before their numbers get too big and too out of control. There's a specific focus on Watcoms, Gadget, and San, San Juan in the island uh, counties. And it's important, and they're telling people, they're telling the public, do not actively search for these because they are dangerous. There are scientists that are being trained to search for these. Um, one thing is their nests that they create are underground. They create these underground tunnels and networks and stuff, uh, dens nests that and get up to 86 degrees Fahrenheit. So basically, one thing that scientists are implementing to find them is they're using thermal imaging to attempt to find those nests. So that's pretty interesting. Um, and then just a little bit like about the hornet in general. Um, the life cycle starts in April when the queen emerges from her hibernation uh, after everybody else has. And 
they feed on plant sap and fruit as they begin to build those underground dens and nests that I just talked about. And then they become more active in late summer and early fall. So we're about to like get into that time when they're slowly starting to get more active. Um, and then they attack honeybee hives, as I've said, and they kill the adult bees and then feast on their larvae and they bring the thorax back to their children to eat. And then their stings, you know, they have a potential to kill people who aren't even allergic. It's very, like, dangerous. Um, and then in Japan, where these bees are most uh, condensed, kill roughly 50 people a year. So even though the hornets aren't necessarily, like, yes, they're deadly, but there's no, like, reason to really have mass panic about, like, how they're just going to kill a bunch of us and everything. But the main worry is that they are going to cause our honeybee population to decline even more than it is already declining, which can be catastrophic for our northwest crops and all that stuff. So really the best we can do right now is to trust those scientists that are creating these traps and the like thermal detection thing that I talked about um, to find and eradicate this species that is invading our northwestern part of the U.S. as well as southern parts of Canada. So, yeah. Nice. That was a good event. I think it's really interesting, uh, the patterns of species that are going on in the current climate change. It's very interesting to see how species are evolving and changing and what that's going to mean for us humans and the... uh, you know, domesticated, like our dogs, our cats, our birds, etc. Snakes, reptiles, whatever. But, like Maggie said, don't do anything you're not supposed to do. (laughs) Make sure to uh, not approach any animals or bugs that you just don't know what they are. And even if you do know what they are, just, just, like, in these times where it's like, you know, our healthcare is kind of, like, clogged with coronavirus let's just not get hurt or stunned by a murder bee um yeah great current event also they know how they really got here they're hypothetically maybe they got trapped in a shipping container but it's kind of unconfirmed i would go for a shipping container thing well yeah that's how like most invasive species right through like travel of like human transportation and that sort of stuff um and on cargo ships but yeah it's just interesting so yeah yeah okay so today today is cinco de mayo (gasps) yeah Uh uh-huh so uh um for our fun fact of the day i'm gonna tell you about the history of cinco de mayo so, if you've ever had Senor Hossamthuk in any of his Spanish classes, you will know that he does not like Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. So, Cinco de Mayo celebrates the date of the Mexican's army, May 5th, 1862, victory over France at the Battle of Puebla during the Franco-Mexican War. Um, it was a relatively, like, it's, like, not that big of a deal. I mean, yes, it is important that Mexico uh, won over France, but it was just one battle in the entire war. So it's seen as a relatively minor holiday in Mexico. So why the heck is it such a big deal here in the United States? Well, 
Chicano activists uh, raised awareness of the holiday in the 1960s in part because they identified with the victory of indigenous Mexicans such as Juarez over European invaders during the Battle of Puebla. So the idea is that during the 1960s there was a lot of uh, aggression towards uh, natively Mexican uh, immigrants, etc. Something that we're very familiar with. And as a part to kind of bring their culture into the American culture to help see a uh, community, to help see a a sense of awareness that we are people too, just like you. They gave Americans an idea that uh, Mexico, Mexico and the people from Mexico, Mexicans, are just like Americans in the way that they had their own revolutionary battle. You know, they fought against those big, bad European settlers, you know, and that they're just like us. So it kind of like gave a sense of community. So now Cinco de Mayo is widely interpreted as a celebration of Mexican culture and heritage, particularly in, er- particularly in areas with substantial Mexican-American populations. So like Los Angeles, Chicago, and Houston. So it's a, it's a United States holiday, right? It's a, really only a holiday that if you want an excuse to eat tacos and drink margaritas, it's a great use for that. But if you want to really celebrate Cinco de Mayo, we'll see it as a way to break down those borders between race, heritage, etc. and celebrate our differences, but not use it to exclude each other. American culture takes other cultures' celebrations more seriously than like those cultures do themselves. Like the same thing with uh, St. Patrick's Day. That's nowhere else but America. I feel like in Ireland they would take St. Patrick's Day pretty uh, intense. It's not a thing. I, I disagree. My grandparents went to Ireland for St. Patrick's Day one year, and there was nothing. And they they were expecting, like, parties or whatever, right? But there was nothing. Maybe they just didn't go to the right area. Maybe. But, like, I just think America, like, kind of glorifies smaller holidays in those other countries, sort of to, like, create that sense of unity. Well, St. Patrick's you know, Day is a America. Catholic holiday. <laughs> well, Yeah. So I'm like... It's Irish. Crappie? Yep. We have like a show we want to talk about or something? Yeah. Okay. So neither of us have read a book, but I actively watch... I like to think of this just like a book because it helps educate you the same way a book does. Edumacation. Edumacation. Uh, I love, 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 love the show Chef's Table on Netflix. I don't care if you like cooking or not you have to watch this because it's more than just cooking it takes the cook themselves and it's their story it's their path their life story and how it's shown in their food like it just shows that there's no real path in life your life is how you make it and that's that's it and it's beautiful and it's beautifully filmed uh the soundtrack is just astounding you can actually find the soundtrack on spotify which i've been listening to to do my homework because it's really motivating it's all like 
classical instrumental, but, like, intense, you know? Intense. Yeah. But it's a great inspiration. It's a great way to learn. It's a great way to feel less bogged down by the world. Because it feels like nowadays, everyone's just like, you have to go to college. You have to do this. You have to do that. But this shows paths like, yeah, you may go to college. And then you may end up in a bakery that's also a high-class restaurant in New York called Sugar. So, that's... that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, so, that's my uh, book show of the day. Your turn. Well, I'm talking about music again. Wow, shocker. Because that's really, like, all I do. Mm-hmm. I do, like, homework, and then I, like, listen to music and watch Hannah Montana. Um, <laughs> so... Like, that's my life right now. Okay, that's pretty much That's wonderful. Okay, so, like always, I'm just gonna give you guys some songs that you should listen to. My first song is by this band that got me into metal music. Oh, damn. I've talked about this band, I've talked about this song, okay? So, shush. It is Sing by My Chemical Romance. Oh, my God. (laughs) My Chemical Romance is an alternative rock, an emo, pop, punk punk rock post-hardcore and hard rock band that is actually going on tour but maybe it's canceled or postponed because of corona uh this fall after they have not released anything since like 2010 um and this song sing was in that album that they did release this song has a music video with it that i want to talk about so basically this music video tells a story and it's part of a third part series of music videos that they do that tell a story of a kidnapping and everything like the band is essentially the good guys that rescue the kid um a big number of them die in the end of this music video kind of like on their way out and rescuing the kid in an intense battle scene while the music is just blaring and it's really cool as they like sacrifice to rescue this child from quote-unquote poison party there's like a huge story behind it and you can look it up. It's really kind of interesting to read about and how it relates to their music. But basically it's pretty cool. Um, I remember finding the music video and like the song when I was younger, um, back when like the song and the video first came out and I just had it on a constant repeat. I was like, this is so cool. This is like such a new way to do a music video. You tell a story with it and all this stuff. And then I started to love the music that I was listening to. And then I slowly just dove further back into My Chemical Romance when they were more hardcore metal than like now where they're like a pop punk sort of feel in their more recent release one. And then that was kind of my gateway into metal. It was like my gateway drug. Um, but it, 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 it's just a really good song. And like, it's an easy song for kind of everybody to listen to also because it's it's not scream or anything like a lot of the metal songs i give on this um it's actually really alternative and it's cool and has like a big baseline and it just makes you feel good kind of and i don't know i really like the song you guys should check it out it's sing by my chemical romance aka one of the good you know rock bands out there that just like carve the way for everybody else anyway wait i'm gonna <laughs> pause you right there my chemical romance has been featured before on the patriot press uh our beat editor lily she has reviewed their song black parade my personal favorite song by my chemical romance is na 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 yes. um, 
that's my because that mm, I love my chemical romance because <laughs> um, I, I might be wrong with this but that song is another part of one of their music videos that is in the series see see we're just like a match made in heaven um but uh yeah it's a really good song they're a really good band uh if you really want to get into your deep edgy soul that's where you go Yes, and then if you want to get harder, you go into their, like, first release stuff, yeah. and then you go into, like, Trivium, and, um, and Rammstein, and Papa Roach, and all these other stuff, but... Oh, Papa Roach. Hey, don't shut up, okay? No, I used to listen to them. <laughs> I, I sometimes still do. Don't, don't hate me. Okay, but completely switching, like... This is like a 180 in music because okay. it really shows we listen to a lot of different type of music, okay? This is by probably one of my all-time favorite artists, Brandy Carlisle. Oh, yes. I've also talked about Brandy Carlisle a lot, okay? This song is called The Joke. She just when I think about her, I just want to cry, okay? She's so amazing. She was the first artist I ever saw in concert, the first, the only co- person I've ever seen in concert. It was a live concert, um, and she, it was outdoors, like, just bring your lawn chair type thing on a huge stage, and it was amazing. But basically, she's an amazing artist. I love her so much. She is a multiple Grammy award winner, as well as a multiple genre artist. She can do anything from Americana alternative rock hard rock alternative country pop music and folk rock she can basically do anything at the concert i went to she went from seeing amazing grace to led zeppelin and screwed at both of them like this and also not to like her wife and her kids are adorable and she like brings them on stage because they go on tour with her it's adorable but basically um, the joke, this song has gotten Grammy Award for Best American Root Song, as well as Grammy Award for Best American Root Performance. She performed it at the Grammy and got, may I add, a standing ovation, which, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, and then this is, I'm just going to read some quotes that she has said about the song and everything. So this is one of them. She said, you can do any number of things with, with that. But what we choose to do is to talk about finding a way to fundamentally forgive and accept life for being hard. (laughs) And then the other quote, there are so many people feeling misrepresented today. So many people feeling unloved, boys feeling marginalized and forced into these kinds of awkward shapes of masculinity that they do or don't belong in. Many men and boys are trans or disabled or shy little girls who get so excited for the last election and are dealing with the fallout. The song is just for people that feel underrepresented, unloved, or illegal. And like the song itself is so beautiful. Every time I listen to it, I just I want to cry. And it's like about how people are forced into these boxes that society puts them into, but you don't have to feel unloved or not listened to or not heard because of who you are and who I think you are. She's amazing. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Definitely the song. It's called The Joke by Brandy Carlisle. 
So yeah, there's my music rant for the day. See, what I appreciate, so I feel like I get a little cheated out of music, because it's like, I can listen to it, and I love it, and like, lyrics, I like, really go deep into the meaning of it, but it's like, I am very untalented when it comes to music. Like, I don't know anything about music theory, but while you, like, you you were in band, you've been in band for how long? Uh, this is my seventh year? Yeah. So it's like, you know the A, B, C, D. That just shows how much I just don't know. I don't even know what it's called. I know my music, A, B, Yeah, see? She knows it. But it's, So, like, when you listen to music, you can actually, like, you know the deeper meaning of it played throughout music. But I'm just like, this sounds dope. <laughs> Also, like, you have to listen to the lyrics and be able to analyze, like, the meaning behind it. And it's not just, like, how it's performed, but it's kind of knowing those, like, social cues that you're better at than me, obviously, right? And, like, tone of performance and everything. You can probably analyze that part of music better than I can, whereas I can analyze, like, the layers put into the music and, like, the kind of message now see if we were just like put together in one brain we'd be unstoppable if we were one human we could be a fully functioning person that's astounding (laughs) but like come on like but no i guess not that's not how it works Uh uh-uh maybe like 40 years in the future we can you know or like right before each of us die right yeah we have our body frozen in like nitrogen sealing containers or whatever and then when they create the technology to fuse two human brains together like a million years from now they can unfreeze us and do it Ooh, i like the sound of that i don't know where that came from but that just like came to mind really fast that was weird (laughs) anyways do you want to answer some random questions yes i would love to which one are we going to answer first um, you choose and introduce. Okay. Because I've been talking. Uh, that's okay. Talking is okay. So we're going to talk about Are Physical or Ebooks Better by Abigail Peacock. Abigail Peacock is one of our editor-in-chief. She is a very cool, very, very intelligent person. Uh, she's done drill. She's just... She does everything. I don't get it. It's fine. Like, she's smart. She's beautiful. She's, like, highly functioning in a social context. So. (sighs) Kind of jealous. Let's stop daydreaming about Abigail. Sorry. Are physical e-books better? Physical. Because I like the smell of books. Like, I want to hold it. I want to throw it against a wall when I'm upset. I want to cry onto it. Um, I love baths, so I like to take my books into the bath, and I can't do that if it's an e-book. I'm not trying to get electrocuted, thank you very much. Oh, you don't want that? Yeah, shockingly. Shocking? Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you there, but at the same time, me being the environmentalist I am, I'm like, e-book saves the trees. But what about the production of electronics? Well, yeah, but in the long haul, if, like, those are already being... Yeah, but everyone's going to want, like, new, better ones. So the new ones are going to keep being made. And I think that you can easily put a new tree in the ground than you are going to do with all the mining and the uh, exhaust coming from the factories. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also, like, I'm really a person that 
my brain is more active at night, so I like to read at night. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I have, like, an ebook with, like, a back read, like, a night setting. It's way easier to read than a physical book with, like, a my harsh, like, light on it just from my room. So, I don't know. And- like, I do really like the physical feel of a book, though, and just smelling yeah. it. Going to, like, Powell's or something in Portland, mm-hmm. I'm in also, with a physical book, you can easily travel with it, while you can't really do that for a normal book. Yeah. It's much lighter. Okay, well, our second question, and our last question of the day, is milk or dark chocolate? Which is better? And this came from Caitlin Keyes, or as my better be known as KK. She's our photography editor. She's a junior on the staff. She's awesome. She's like really into soccer and she's a pretty cool person. I like her a lot and she's really good at taking photos too. And you know, everybody on the staff knows her and can rely on her for pretty much anything we need. And she's really organized. Yeah. Which like, like insanely so. (laughs) But what do you think is better? Do you even have to ask me this question? (laughs) Obviously, dark chocolate. I like my dark chocolate at, like, an 80%. Me too. Um, Yeah, milk chocolate is disgusting. It's honestly just gross. In a certain type, if you get it. Like, Hershey's milk chocolate is so plasticky and, like... Okay, if, if the chocolate is, like, gourmet made, if it's, like, actually good, then it's okay. But what are those things called? Frere Rochers. Oh, those are good. Those chocolate, the chocolate on that is, like, good. And also, Theo, Theo's chocolate makes, like, all good chocolate, except for white chocolate, because white chocolate is absolutely disgusting. Well, white chocolate isn't chocolate, so I don't even consider it. It's sugar and milk, okay? It's, it's not candy. real. It's I don't call it uh, chocolate. White chocolate is candy. Mm-hmm. It's fake news. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Unlike the Liberty High School uh, Patriot Press, Mm-mm. as well as the podcast, Always um, they're all true news. Right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Real, real news right here. Exactly. Don't mistake that for real news. But yeah, 100%, <laughs> if you like milk chocolate over dark chocolate, you're trash and you're dead to me. Um, That's my personal feelings. Yeah, that's, that's a bit extreme. That's what? That's a bit extreme. That's a bit extreme. No, no, it's not. I feel like if you like white chocolate over all chocolate then you like get out of my life but if you like milk chocolate i can accept okay. you and still love you, i guess but it's like milk cho- like white chocolate just isn't chocolate to me so it's like if you like white chocolate over any other it's just like you don't like chocolate that's yeah. what it means i'm like if you don't like chocolate whatever but it's yeah, like if I you guess, prefer the like terrible version of something <laughs> over the better version i'm like bleh, bleh, bleh. That's like, like if you prefer you know, Teen Titans Go over the original Teen Titans. Yeah. Also, like, if you eat, like, baking chocolate, you scare me. And that is our friend Brianna. Um, <laughs> me too. Yeah, like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like I just like to I nibble. Can do it a little bit of it. But literally, I was, like, baking with Brianna one day, who was our friend. Um, and she just bites off a huge chunk of baker's chocolate. She just got BDE, okay? If you don't know what BDE is, look it up on Urban Dictionary. Okay. Um, (laughs) I think that just about wraps it up. On that note. (laughs) Except, like, uh, what what are some good things that's happened to you this week, if anything? um, 
what I'm looking forward to this week is, uh, so, you know, I, I think I talked about this a couple times ago, but I ordered a lot of things online because, you know, paychecks and stuff. So all of those are coming in the next two or so days, so I'm really excited for that. Today I should be getting my new sweatpants, which is going to be great, and I'm really excited for new sweatpants. I, I left my sweatpants at my grandma's house in Oregon by accident. Oh, man, I'm sorry. With my class of 2020 black ones. <gasps> that are no. Like I know, so I'm really sad. So I'm wearing my stupid gray pants that you make fun of me for wearing sometimes. Oh. If I wear them with, like, the juice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are you looking forward to this week? Oh, God. that's right. I do. You know, I'm looking forward to studying. <laughs> really? Um, I'm doing a lot of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, picking up a cap and gown. Oh, Actually, yeah. I'm Hyped. I'm tears tomorrow when I do that. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm bringing Emma Colton with me because, uh... We both decided that we we can't do it without sobbing. So collectively, we're holding each other to a better standard. Yeah. I might have to bike all the way to Liberty to pick mine up. Oh. It isn't very far. It's like a it's... three miles to the back gate. So, like, it's not going to take me long. It takes me, like, eight minutes to bike there. Sometimes ten minutes or a bit longer. That's so much bike. I couldn't do it. I'm so I, unathletic. I, I do that sometimes. It's not much. Yeah. I used to do, like, 12 miles on my bike a weekend, which, like, isn't too much. I don't even think I, I know how to still ride a bike. It's been <laughs> a while. Know. You know the phrase, like, it's, like, picking up to, like, it's, like, relearning how to ride a bike. It's easy. I don't agree. Anyways, that sounds great. These episodes, Caitlin? Well, you can find it on our Instagram, which is Liberty Patriot Press, all written out. Or you can find it on our website, lhspatriotpress.com. Make sure to go visit our webpage and everything and read the lovely articles that are going to start coming out soon by our wonderful and amazing Patriot Press staff. Um, Tune in next week for episode six. Six of our podcast. This is the fifth episode. Yeah, fiber. We're getting skilled, guys. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, make sure to tune in next week. Um, links can be found on the Patriot Press website as well as our Instagram. Yep. So yeah, check that out. We'll hear from you guys next week. Uh, for our thank yous, we want to thank you, Matthew, and we want to thank you, Sylvie. Yes. Okay, that's all, folks. Yeah.